Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation store. the record I had a chance to listen to the entire uh, selection of songs that's on there and you know some people think they're a one-hit wonder but I'll tell you they've had some amazing amazing tracks on there so if you have the chance definitely buy the record it's worth it uh, to hear to hear uh, everything that they're laying out on on the record America from 1971. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics and that's really the effect or how we think about the effect of geography in strategic uh, planning and strategic choices. Um, and uh, maybe one of the ways to open up the, the conversation is to think about what's happening um, with Amazon headquarters too. And the whole idea, I guess it was last August, uh, that Amazon put out an RFP offering lots of things like employing you know, 50,000 uh, high-paid uh, workers for a new region, but they put out an RFP saying that, look, we're interested in, we're a Seattle company, we've kind of outgrown this, and we need to expand into a new location. Who wants to host and be the home of headquarters too? And it's significant. They're not just talking about a distribution center, which they have all over the place, and they're not just talking about just a corporate office, but they're talking about another headquarters that would include lots of different elements. And of course, something like 234 cities uh, even some in Canada, right, submitted and said, we'll take it. Well, what is it that Amazon is looking for, right? That should be, that's, that's the question that, that's related to what we're going to talk about today is like, what would Amazon be looking for in a location? And they, they, they talk about it in their RFP. But more generally, this brings in the question of what a cluster, a term, a, new, a relatively new term that's coming in, uh, what a cluster might be. And so, uh, building on the work of Michael Porter uh, and a specific reading, clusters as the new geography of competition. Uh, the, this notion of a cluster is, is starting to take on a lot of prominence uh, because in one ways it's recognizing a new way that companies and even industries are uh, developing their value chains. Right. So, uh, so if I think of, I just want to put a couple, a couple talking points up front and then we'll, we'll kind of talk this through and then come back to this question of what is Amazon potentially looking for? All right, so from a talking point standpoint, I want, I want to say that now we're talking about competitive advantage. Strategic management is always about trying to gain sustainable competitive advantage. So competitive advantage is becoming a story about increases in productivity. Right? And we'll talk about that. And clusters aid productivity, right, due to their kind of uh, specific concentration of different institutions and firms that are in the same industry. Right. So we've got to, So we're going to have a conversation about productivity, or at least the, the possibility of increasing productivity exponentially by being located in a cluster. Right. The concentration of institutions and firms in a cluster in a cluster in the same industry gives you the potential of pretty substantial uh, productivity gains than one would have outside of a cluster. 
Okay. Um, let me g- give you kind of a definition of cluster. I've used, I've used this word quite a bit, and I haven't defined it yet. So you should really think of it as, so a cluster is a concentration of firms and institutions in the same location that are, uh, that are roughly in the same industry and related industries. Uh, in my life, kind of an example of some of the work from some of the work I, I give or that I do is uh, the city of Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, one of the reasons why I became interested in studying Israel, I've visited there several times in the last five or six years. I've had the pleasure of building some strong relationships with business owners throughout the country. Um, and also I've had a chance to take my MBA students over there and for them to kind of get an opportunity to see such great history. But as we think about Israel in very historical terms, this is also a country that, that Nick, that's now, now nicknamed the Startup Nation that, you know, really since the 70s, due to government policies, has really also defined itself as a city of the future. Uh, and in fact, it's probably second only to, you know, the San Jose area uh, and Silicon Valley in its influence as a technology cluster. Now, you know, technology could be a lot of different things. So what is it about Tel Aviv? Tel Aviv, when you're there and in the you know, near suburb of Herzliya, you'll find Microsoft, Intel, you'll find all of the kind of the big tech firms, okay, on a manufacturing level, Apple, all these folks. You'll also find venture capitalists, the same ones you'll see, whether it be Sequoia or Car- Carmel, you'll see them. Same ones you'll see in California, or they'll also have offices in Tel Aviv, right? And of course, there are such strong inst- uh, engineering programs that are there. As a matter of fact, I think, if I'm correct here, uh, they're either first or, or pretty close to first as far as number of engineers per capita. So it's a very rich environment then. And, 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 and I will say incredibly diverse, incredibly diverse, right? It, Israel as a nation really sits at the crossroads of two or three continents. So an incredibly diverse place with lots of different talent, right? But specifically, a lot of technological talent. And so, uh, and so this helps to explain how then they become a location that has so many institutions and firms that are really concentrated on research and de- development around the next generation of any particular kind of uh, technology. We're talking medical devices, we're talking about microprocessors, talking about uh, drug innovation, right? The, you know, what, whatever, whatever we might be talking about, their R&D center would be. So Intel is there, but Intel is there building their whatever nanometer a microprocessor it is. It might be 14, it might be 12, whatever their next generation might be. But, you know, Intel is, is doing their R&D for that in that center there. And there's some manufacturing happening there too. Um, what's important about this though is R&D and some manufacturing might be happening in Israel, for say, for Intel, right? But their demand market isn't there. Right? Israel's about 7, 8 million people. So it's the size of New Jersey. It's not a particularly large place, demand market, a place to sell, whatever those are. So they're still doing those sorts of activities in other places like North America. So it's that, you know, it's, so it's that technology, um, um, uh, kind of the ingredients of technology even, like when you talk about microprocessors, that's really what helps to explain the Tel Aviv story. And you think about other clusters, the research, if we stay in North America, we've got the Research Triangle, uh, one of the highest PhD uh, concentrated areas in the, in the world, Research Triangle in Raleigh-Durham. Uh, you've got um, Silicon Alley in Manhattan. You've got Reston, Virginia. 
And there's also uh, technology beds in Maryland. So in the D.C. area, you got quite a bit. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, clearly kind of the daddy of them all, um, you know, as far as what's relevant in, in our times would be uh, Silicon Valley itself. Austin, Texas, which really has the strength, the leading strength when it comes to social media firms. Uh, and now Pittsburgh, the town I, that I live in, I operate in, and then I teach in, Pittsburgh is becoming a cluster in itself, particularly around robotics, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, uh, medical devices, medical information technology, drug innovation. Um, these are things that now Pittsburgh is really, you know, old steel town now is one of the leading places if you wanted to uh, move a firm or a piece of your firm, right? Maybe your R&D uh, or your manu precision manufacturing. You might want to have your manufacturing in the Pittsburgh area because it's a cluster for that. OK, so uh, and, 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 and I, and I want to talk about this, uh, break it down a little bit more. So in a cluster, if we use, for example, Pittsburgh, you know, favor. So there's got to be a strong relationship to the government. I, I said in Tel Aviv, you know, there's a policy really that was set up uh, within the, the national government there to help spur entrepreneurship at the local level. Right. So favorable government policies here in Pittsburgh, an example of this would be. Uh, was the reason why Uber comes here, right? Because the mayor, the, the, the county exec, and obviously folks working at the state level really were able to work out, at least initially, uh, uh, policies that would allow that kind of experimentation, autonomous vehicles on the road, right? To figure out how to actually do that in a safe way so that the Uber experience, uh, experiment can move forward. It also helps that Uber's Advanced Technology Center was here, right? So the people that were actually making the technology that was going into Volvos, I think in this case, uh, to make those automated and then use them within the Uber network on the Uber platform, it helps that that was here too, okay? So we weren't just a random choice, but this was a place where from a policy perspective, this was a fate that we were a favorable area for that. We know that they tried that in San Francisco and they found out San Francisco as, as strong as Silicon Valley might be, San Francisco was not a favorable environment for them to roll out the, the autonomous vehicle experiments, right? That had to move to Arizona. So it, so favorable government policy, that, that helps to explain part of the context within which a cluster might start to, to operate. And access to public goods, right? Transportation has to be good. Infrastructure has to be good. Tele telecommunications infrastructure has to be good. You know, things like, you know, water and groceries and food and all of that kind of thing. Like there has to be like a, a basic strong infrastructure that's in place that's going to support uh, not just the work, but also the lives of the people involved in the industries too. Um, another thing that's really important when you think about this is factor inputs. I'd mentioned in Tel Aviv the importance of having um, well, within Israel more generally, but in Tel Aviv having very strong uh, feeder programs into their, say, their computer science, you know, if we wanted to limit it in that way to think about computers, their computer science cluster. So they've got the Technion, they've got uh, the University of Tel Aviv, you know, they've got several, they got Hebrew University, they've got several world-class, I mean, like top, like top 50 world-class institutions that are really, really strong, of course, in engineering, specifically in computer science and kind of its related, re related uh, uh, disciplines that's feeding right into that, right? So the access to really high quality human capital, 
is a major, major, major influence here. When you think about Pittsburgh, the fact that we have Pitt, CMU, Duquesne, Chatham. I mean, if you're on, if, any, if anybody knows this, this geography, and you start at the point in uh, Pittsburgh and work your way up Forbes Avenue, you're really talking about a five, six, seven-mile stretch of one university after another. I know that Pitt, my, my home institution, and, and Carnegie Mellon get a lot of the attention, but it would be, uh, but when you're thinking about the city, you cannot, we cannot under, underplay um, the, um, the influence of the fact that there's a lot more institutions and they're all finding and feeding their own smart people and bringing in smart people into this cluster that, that are hitting a variety of different uh, industries with which we have strength, right? So the, the, the access to really high quality human capital, uh, I mentioned for Uber, uh, the uh, the advanced technologies, Uber Advanced Technologies was situated here, right? It's basically a lot of people out of uh, out of Carn Carnegie Mellon that was, you know, they kind of purchased those guys and brought them in and put a roof over them and now put them in the corporate space uh, so that they could do their research and advance that research, uh, but in a more commercial setting. And so the fact that that was there, and it helps to explain why Google is here and why Apple also has offices here. There's, you know, there's lots of different corporations that have put a piece of their company, a small piece, but in Pittsburgh to take advantage of the fact that we have such strong knowledge, uh, competitive advantage and in, in knowledge creation in, uh, in these relevant, relevant industries, okay? So thinking about uh, labor as a factor, tech, technological infrastructure has to be in place, materials, right? I, I talked about the oil and gas industry, so one of the reasons why one might put an office here if you're in oil and gas is precisely because, you know, this is one of the, well, this is one of the main places where one would be extracting that. And so whether it be the engineering firms, the extraction firms, whether you're upstream or downstream, you know, and, and you could even be a lawyer that's dealing with kind of the issues on this, whether you're upstream or downstream, right? This happens to be a place where you would want to locate because you'd be around a lot of other folks that are also operating with this. And what does that give you, right? Kind of that, uh, that, 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 that concentration then allows you to operate at a scale that it would be really hard to do if you were isolated, right? That you weren't operating next to, sure, some of your rivals, who sometimes you have to actually, uh, um, on certain small projects uh, that you'll have to cooperate with, uh, complementary products and services, right? They need to be around. And then all of these different factor inputs, once again, like the labor, the technology, the materials, favorable government policy, public goods that you can, uh, that you can uh, uh, leverage. Like you have, if you have all those things in, it allows you to play the game larger. And so that's why folks want to be in a cluster rather than operating and having to do all these things and provide all these things. You think of the public goods, right? Try to provide all these on your own. Every firm operating on their own, a substantial part of their value chain is just going to be about maintaining uh, um, the, the um, uh, and the substantial cost with maintaining the uh, passageways within which these inputs are going to come in, right? Recruiting talent becomes a very different kind of thing if you're isolated versus being in a cluster, in other words. Um, anyway, and so the concentration of all these, this is what is, makes kind of the magic of being in a cluster. Okay? Now, coming back to thinking about Headquarters 2, right? So if you think about that, Headquarters 2 really still has uh, I mean, as you think of all the cities that kind of wrote in, what do you think they were writing in to say? 
really they're trying to tell their story on how for Amazon, given what they need as a company to operate, and they need a lot, uh, but specifically, right, the high quality of life, um, public goods like tra tra transportation infrastructure, you think about planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, Amazon, Amazon is a pretty big user of all of these things, favorable government policies, uh, access to smart, to smart people that are already executives and those that are executives on the way, like the students I teach, um, tech, uh, technological platforms, complements, materials, all of these things, right? I think when now that we're in the top 20 and you think about Pittsburgh being, you know, we're, we're proud that our city is actually in that top 20 and I think should probably be considered in the top 10. There's a lot of that stuff that we're able to provide and able to provide in a cost-effective way, right? In a highly livable way. And so we, I think we have a competitive advantage on some of those things too. Um, so, so anyway, so this is how, so, so this is how we're thinking about clusters, right? Uh, once again, on the talking point level, right? There's competitive advantages are really about the productivity and the clusters then ultimately help in a dramatic fashion to increase the potential for whatever your productivity is due to the concentration of all these institutions that are all aligned in some way to make sure that they're fomenting and supporting current business and even startups and new business, right? New business entries, new companies, new large companies that are, that are potentially going to put an office here. Uh, that's clearly part of the plan, but also spurring a strong uh, kind of a grassroots uh, startup culture too, which is another thing that uh, that a Pittsburgh and I think most of the cities that are on the the top twenty, I think that's something else that they can brag about is just the number of, of business starts that they're able to produce too, uh, and so that that get that that leaves you with the talking points, right? Uh, I do want to leave you with a with a challenge, and I think it's particularly important. Uh, given that we're talking about Pittsburgh, uh, but every city is every city that's organizing itself as a cluster, really concentrating uh, its strengths and building strengths, but within certain industries, right? So in some sense, it's narrowing the focus and going deeper. But as we think about that, right, and we think about the influence of technology on that conversation, right? Uh, what I think also we have to think about is inclusive innovation, that as cities are, uh, and, and particularly these smart cities that are doing this, as they're becoming more innovative, as they're becoming smarter strategically, they're becoming more focused, they're becoming more deep, right? As they're doing this, they're really shifting, shifting the, 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 the social dynamics of the area. Where, they are, where they're operating, the geography that's relevant to the cluster. That means lots of people are going to come here like I did. I came here from Virginia, right, uh, to play in this Pittsburgh cluster. And I can tell you, after being in sleepy Charlottesville for a while, it's a lot of fun coming here and having so many uh, um, relevant uh, and related uh, uh, institutions and leaders to kind of talk with and work with. It's, you know, this is a real playground for those that are looking for this. Uh, but I'm also quite aware that there's lots of folks and lots of families and lots of companies and even a few industries that have been here. I think like heavy, heavy manufacturing, this sort of thing, that have been here and have been a part and a bedrock to Pittsburgh. And it's not clear how they're going to be included in all of this newness that's attracting all the outsiders, right? So, uh, so a challenge with this 
right? Maybe it's kind of the dark side of this. And I think, I bet you it's a part of what, what Amazon might also be evaluating. I don't know this, but might be evaluating is kind of the, what's the social impact uh, of something like their headquarters coming in, right? Given that they're probably going to be hiring at the top of the market and really expanding the top of the market. Uh, as far as the labor pool, right? Executive, masters, uh, uh, you know, terminal degree holders, this sort of thing. That that's what they're going to really be uh, bringing into the area. Those are the fifty thousand new jobs. Uh, and how is that going to positively affect the folks that aren't going to be able to apply for those positions, but live here, right, and pay their taxes here and send their kids to school here? I think that that question becomes then the challenge that this sets up that all cities have to face. Uh, and Pittsburgh has to face that just like everybody else. So I, so I got you some talking points, but I also w- want to leave you with a challenge. Uh, and with that, I'll turn you back to uh, the full version of America, Horse With No Name. Uh, a nice favorite song of mine and one that uh, one I, I hope that you enjoy too. So thank you for listening to this episode. I've been through the desert on a horse with
Innovation Group, Robin Weedle. 